Welcome to Black Belt Selling with Stephanie and Anna Scheller. I'm Anna. And I'm Stephanie. We're a mother-daughter team who are passionate about helping you break through those obstacles that are keeping you from growing your business through sales. On Black Belt Selling, we bring in experts and we bring you content to give you the tools, the skills, the practice, also the encouragement to keep going in your journey to become a Black Belt in sales. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Black Belt Selling. There you will get to interact with our guests, but more importantly, or I don't know, is it more important or not? But it's very important that you get to know when these podcasts go live. And now you can find the podcast not only on Spreaker, but you can go to YouTube and you can see the podcasts there and actually see these people we're talking to. So go to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Black Belt Selling. And Stephanie, I am proud to say that I'm the one that got Mike to our interview. Um, it's a very long interview, so I don't want to spend a ton of time, but I think it's really important that I read his bio. I'll try to make this as interactive as possible. Um, but he is an entrepreneur behind, or the entrepreneur behind three multi-million dollar companies, as well as the author of Profit First, The Pumpkin Plan, Surge, the toilet paper entrepreneur, and his new book that's coming out, Clockwork. He's also a for, former small business columnist for the Wall Street Journal, woo, and regularly travels the globe as an entrepreneurial advocate. Now, he's launched three multi-million dollar businesses before his 35th birthday. He was awarded the New Jersey SBA's Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award when he was just 26. He sold his first company to private equity and his second firm to Fortune 500. I could just keep going on and on and on. What I want to really say though, is you're going to love the interview. Mike is a very humble person and there was something as we were working to get him on the show. He always said how humbled and how grateful he was to be able to join us, but more importantly about how his message is helping so many people not just in the United States, but throughout the world. Yeah. Well, I, what I loved, he actually, he come, he mentions this in the, in the interview, but I want our listeners to go into the interview listening to this. He made this comment where he says, you know, I consider myself less than capable. So every book I write, everything I talk about is only basically me fixing myself, right? This is what I did to fix myself. Like that's this guy you're about to listen to. Not only is this guy a huge, huge deal across the U S and I will, I will admit when, um, you know, Anna was getting Mike on the show and I've been hearing about this, this profit first concept for a while. And this Mike McCallowitz guy and, you know, every so often someone shows up on my radar and goes, Hey, have you read this book? It's a really good book. And I, I kept pushing it aside and they would be like, so the whole idea is you take your profit first. And I was always like, it's not that simple. Um, <laughs> and so I find it hilarious because all of a sudden Anna goes, Oh, we're getting them on the show. I was like, I guess I should read the book. And as I'm reading the book, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is genius. So that's, that's who this guy is. He breaks it down, makes business simple, uh, and we'll be back at the end of the interview to help relate it to sales, to help you become a black belt in sales. Hey, Mike, welcome to Black Belt Selling. Such a treat to have you with us. It's a joy to be here, Anna. Thank you. And Stephanie, thank you so much for having me. Oh thank my you God. for remembering me. She gets to do all the introductory parts. Oh, you know, yeah. No. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mike, it seems like everyone we run into is like a super fan of you. 
Like you, you have transformed businesses. This is remarkable. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Well, it's an honor to be here. And that, that is a dream come true. I, really, my life purpose is to, is to serve. And I, I just, it lights me up every time I hear it. I get goosebumps. So thanks for saying that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a story. That's how Mike got on is I got a hold of his book and a friend of mine in a mastermind recommended that I read it, the book and I, and I'd heard about it and I thought, Oh my gosh, you know, it sounds really interesting, but you know, you never read it until you need it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so we'll talk about the profit first idea, but um, I had a temptation to touch my profit account even this week. And it was, the thing is, is I'm working so hard to make sure that my profit stays profit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I left it. I left it alone. I mean, it, that was a huge discipline because in the past, when you have monies, I even found <laughs> I even found a debit card for my profit account. Did not remember what the card was for. No. I haven't even activated the thing. <laughs> I'm so proud of you that you you restricted or, or saw that profit and didn't touch it. But I, I wonder if part of the system serving you. You've always had profit. That money, you know, you could have had it in one account. It was sitting in there, but it's invisible to you. You can't tell because it's all lumped together. And then we revert to what we need to do urgently, pay bills, whatever. The fact you had it separate and could see it was separate, it allowed you to distinguish the two and then apply some willpower. So kudos to you. That's, that's impressive. And that will serve you long term, I promise you. Thank you. I would, Thank I you. would love, Mike, I'm, just, I share, I'm sure that not all of our listeners have read the Profit First book, although... They should. What? Just saying, right? I exactly. Know. What is wrong, wrong with, with them? Come on, people. <laughs> so can we, can we, just in case the title isn't super yeah. descriptive enough, can we give them a quick summary of what Anne is talking about with this sure. whole profit account she's not touching thing? Yeah. So the, the basic principle of business is that profit comes last. Uh, <laughs> we all know the formula. You have to have sales. You subtract your expenses and what's left over is profit. I uh, heard of a study that 83% of small businesses never are profitable. They are always surviving check by check. And uh, first I thought there was something wrong with us. Like that was my life. Like I was never profitable in my company. So I'm like, what's wrong with me? And cause we get everything else right. We can sell, we can attract prospects. We can you know, market ourselves. We do events like this, but we can't get profit figured out. Like what's wrong with us? And I was looking at the formula and then when I had, I had the epiphany. The formula is flawed. When profit comes last, what we're saying is it's insignificant. It's like saying, you know, uh, you would never say, if you had a health scare, starting today, I'm finally going to put my health last. <laughs> no, you say, starting today, I'm going to put my health first. It's human nature. When something comes first, it's prioritized and addressed. And when something comes last, it's the manana syndrome. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. No, yeah. wait. And so most people with profit, ah, I wasn't profitable today. And we're frustrated about it, but we're like, maybe tomorrow or next year or whatever. So the formula of profit first is real simple. It's sales minus profit equals expenses. It's called a variable swap mathematically, which means logically mm -hmm. nothing's changed in the formula, but behaviorally it's extraordinary change. When money comes to your business, immediately take a predetermined percentage for profit. Maybe it's 1%. I need to start off there. Maybe it's five or 10 and you grow it. But whatever that percentage is, just like Anna did, you take that money out, you put it into a separate account called profit and you store it away. Ideally, out of sight, out of mind. Then you run your business off the remainder. What this will do is it'll force, your, force you to run your business responsibly because you've taken your profit first. What is left over to run your business is what you have to run your business because the rest is profit. So now you know exactly what you have to operate with and you will, just like you always have, find a way to make it work. But the beautiful thing now is profit is piling up on the side 
at a certain point, I often suggest quarterly, a portion of that money comes out as a reward to you for starting a business. Profit comes out to celebrate you, to use you know, any way you want, except you never put it back in the business because that's an expense. And, and you know, the, the, the thing about it is you talk about, we, we talked about a, a behavioral change and it really is about behavior because now you're looking at your, you're looking at your business and from a whole different light. It's some of us, Anna included, myself included, we, you know, we tend to look at it. It's like, Oh, I've got all this money coming in, but we don't realize what's happening with all of that money until we look at the bank account one day and we've got a huge bill coming in and we don't have money to cover the bill, you know, because we weren't managing it well. And, um, I don't know. I, I just, this, this book, this book, Mike has transformed me. I'm one of the top tier, uh, members as well. So, um, you you know, I just, and, and I'm going to tell you guys, listen to me carefully because the guy that's here, this is the same guy that's on the videos. This is the same guy that reads the Audible book. I love the Audible Which book because he talks to you. Yeah, so a little bit crazy. I go off the hinge a little bit. You know, <laughs> and you were talking about um, what's called Parkinson's Law. And uh, I talk about that in the book. But what Parkinson, uh, he was a theorist from the 1950s. And he wrote a cynical essay about the expansion of government. He basically said that as, uh, as government grows, the only thing it can do is feed on itself and grow more. But he also applied this concept of this kind of unwielding growth to how we behave. What he said is as a resource expands in its availability, the more we'll consume of it. For example, the more time I'm given to get something done, the longer it takes to get that thing done, right? What? But with (laughs) money, it's uncanny. But as our business generates more money, as the income starts to increase and grow, our expenses uncannily grow at the exact same rate. That's Parkinson's law. The more available a resource is, more money in this case, the more we consume it, spend it. So what we're doing is we're now leveraging Parkinson's law by extracting that profit first. First, We are now compressing how much money is available to the business and the business adjusts. The flip side of Parkinson's law says as a resource contracts in its availability, then we consume less, we have to, it forces frugality, but we also become very innovative in its use. We find ways to stretch that dollar. Mm-hmm. So you're, you explain Parkinson's law and what you're doing now is leveraging it to your advantage by taking your profit first. And I'm curious, Mike, you're not a, uh, and I, I'm, I haven't finished the book. I just, I just finished the, uh, the instant analysis. So I'm oh, cool. okay, okay, good. Um, but you're not a CPA, right? You didn't, <laughs> <laughs> so you're not, you, <laughs> for the Lord's sake, yeah, CPAs have struggle a struggle with this because for them yeah. profit is what is at the bottom, positive, yes. negative, or yes. zero. So I'm not bad bad mouthing CPAs whatsoever. No. I I think CPAs are extraordinarily important. Yeah. I rely on my CPA all the time, but I also believe they've been sharing a fundamental untruth, which is that profit comes last. Now mm-hmm. they are following a very logical process, but it doesn't match the entrepreneur's behavior. For example. My accountant has told me until he's blue in the face, never look at your bank accounts, Mike. He says, always read your income statement, balance sheet, your cash flow statement, know these things, tie us together. But if you look at your bank account, it's not reflective of where your business stands. Please don't do that. But what do I do? I look at my bank accounts. Right. I, I don't know how to read the income statement. I don't know what a cash flow statement. I, I can't even, under, 
listen, I don't even know if he understands how to read the thing. It's so confusing. Yeah, they're like, they're, they're, they're behind. They're 30 days behind, 60 days behind. Right, right. It's, it's, it's historical. It's confusing. So I log into my bank account. If I have money, I spend it. If I don't have money, panic ensues. So <laughs> what I teach in Profit First is if we try to change our behavior, we often fail. Instead, it is better to continue an existing behavior, but establish a system that channels that behavior to the result we want. So if, if people watching right now and listening in do bank balance accounting, you log into your bank accounts, I want you to know that's the best thing you can do. But we need a system that captures that behavior by extracting our profit first. Now, in profit first, we take this further too. It's not just profit. We want to secure your pay as a salary. That's different than profit. Profit is a reward for being an owner. Salary is compensation for being an employee, your best employee, you're the owner operator. We want to reserve money for your tax liabilities. When your tax bill comes every quarter or every month or whenever your tax bill comes to your end, I want your business paying it for you. And then we're going to have an account specifically for the operations of the business. Mm -hmm. And effectively, we are reverse engineering our profitability and our compensation. When, when you take that money out first, your business is telling you what you have to operate off of. We were saying, if you can't pay your bills and you, you probably won't be able to when you take your profit first, that is your business telling you, you can't afford those bills. We need to cut costs and more importantly, or as importantly, we need to increase margin, find ways mm -hmm. to generate more profits for our business to sustain the expenses that we have. Yeah, and I think, I think people forget, one of the biggest things I see is people forget that the business is separate from them and yes. the paycheck and profit are not the same. Yeah. It's really yeah. tough. You know, there's a saying that a, a business is a parent-child relationship. You're the parent, the business is your <laughs> child, right? I actually call BS on that. I think it's actually Siamese twins or conjoined twins actually is the appropriate term. I think we're conjoined twins. Like my business and I share, share the same heart, the same liver, physical <laughs> organs. For God's sake, we share the same soul. So for, for you to extract me from my business, it is a very surgical and slow process yeah. because if I just cut myself off from the business, we're both gonna die. So, right. so we have to just be very careful in, in how we do this. But also we have to realize that if we stay conjoined, the business can never have the freedom of its own, nor can we. So we do right. have to separate ourselves surgically and carefully. Yeah, I've, I've been telling everyone we're Venn diagram, but I, I like your analogy better. <laughs> I think it's the truth. I mean, yeah. everybody, uh, because my housing business is, we're struggling. We're actually in the process of beginning to shut it down. And there've been people that have been standing around me going, Shh, cut it off. And I'm like, Nah, that whole idea, it has to be a surgical, it has to be, because there are people, sometimes it is necessary to move on, but not anything about me, I really want to talk about you, Mike, mm -hmm. um, I loved your story, and that's what drove me to continue reading the book, oh. because when people, when people look at someone like yourself, they go, Oh yeah. Well, he's never had any struggle. Right. Oh he yeah. Mike, he's yeah. no, the, the guy, the guy goes speaking all over. He has books, by the yeah. way, if you haven't gotten the pumpkin plan or the toilet paper entrepreneur, highly recommend those books <laughs> because I just think they are amazing. Um, but where, how did you get started? I mean, you know, were you always this brilliant? So the word brilliant is, uh, it's very flattering kind. Uh, I don't consider myself brilliant by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I actually consider myself a um, probably less capable and less brilliant than most entrepreneurs, but I have played that to my advantage. And uh, here's what I do. 
every book I write is actually, and this is my hidden little secret, I'm actually fixing something in my own business. I'm correcting myself. Um, and what I do is once I study something and try to figure it out, like I had no clue, no clue how to manage money. So bad that I lost all my money, bankrupt, nearly bankrupt myself. I dug myself out of my own hole. I started researching out uh, how to become profitable, but also realized I need something that just works for who I am naturally and not the yeah. traditional methods. Mm -hmm. Once I found Profit First, which was over 10 years ago now, I started doing it for myself. It didn't work right at the first time. I improved the system for myself, played around with it. About eight, nine, nine, uh, eight or seven years ago, I started getting the flow. I wrote an article for the Wall Street Journal about the system. People started using it. I started teaching them to learn more. And then it was only three years ago that I said, now I have a book because I think this serves more than just a few people. It serves the world. So every book I've written, I'm fixing my own F-ups, quite frankly. It's just, <laughs> just trying to share the word because there's probably a couple other people at least that have gone through the same experiences and I hope this is their shortcut. Well, and I wonder if that's why your concepts are able to resonate with so many people. I find this is my biggest issue with all these MBA programs. You know, half the time they're teaching something that they've never done. They've never, you know, lived through. Yeah. You've got the blind leading the blind, people pretending they're profitable or successful, trying to tell you how to be profitable. And, and you're actually that raw, real, hey, this is, this is how I screwed everything up. Yeah. Here's what works for me to fix it. And I think you're just going with human, you said your, your tries to work with who you are, but I think you're working with who we are, human beings. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a difference between theory and application. I think theory is very interesting and very helpful, but it also requires the reader to take that theory and then mold it into their business and test it out. Um, yeah. Which is a long, laborious process. And I think some readers, I know for myself, I love to read. I get lost in theory. So yeah. when I write my books, I want to write something that's very practical, very how-to. So every book I have, every book, has action steps at the end of every chapter saying, do this, then do that, do this, and here's what you should expect. And um, if you don't do it, he yells at you in the audible version. Just I saying. do. <laughs> exactly. That's why I haven't gotten past a certain point because I haven't been able to sit down and do it yet. So I haven't done the analysis. So Mike, you can yell at me after we get off the recording. Now, um, <laughs> speaking yeah, of books, you can yell at me later. Okay. Um, or I can just listen to you yell at me on audible. Yeah, well, don't worry. I'll yell at you somehow, some way. <laughs> but let's talk about the books because um, you have a series of books and I think my favorite is the pumpkin plan. That's one mm. I'm working on um, and profit first. And I know you have one coming out and you know, we're having so much fun that we're going to have to wrap this up pretty soon, but let's quickly go through all of your books. Let's talk about toilet pop, toilet it's, paper entrepreneur. What kind of title what is that? The heck is that? And that's yeah. my publisher. When I actually approached publishers, that's why I, uh, they said too, like, what the freak? Um, and so, by the way, I self-published that book, but it became very successful because with the focus is, is that many entrepreneurs, when starting a business, believe they need education, they need resources, contacts, money. They need all these different things to get the business off the ground. Right. As I did my research and also applies to my business, I found it's actually the lack of money um, that causes innovation, figuring out how to get the same results by begging, borrowing, and stealing, you know, like, like working out of that box without the stealing part. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> I, you know, you don't, when you don't have experience, I found that you become the industry rule breaker, which is the best person to be. Yep. 
I see people enter industries that have no clue what they're doing and they, they dominate because they change industry norms. So a lack of resources is your biggest ally. And I teach you how to leverage that in the toilet paper entrepreneur. The, the next book was The Pumpkin Plan. Um, by a, a strange confluence of events, my business coach, I'm a big fan of coaches, my business coach said, Mike, if you want to grow your business, you got to experience it in nature. I want you to study colossal pumpkin farmers. I spent a year of my life while working, but a year of my life studying the process of growing colossal pumpkin. Here's what I found. They changed the process only somewhat. By, be, by doing that, the pumpkin responds with explosive growth. I found in most businesses, we're trying to fix everything and the business never fixes or never changes. It's actually by fixing very few things, making these changes that the business is now positioned for colossal growth. So it's all about leveraging these few things to experience colossal healthy growth. Um, the next book is Surge. Surge was about catching the momentum of markets. Uh, I equate it to surfers. You know, you'll see a surfer, how you surf a wave is you paddle in front of the wave. And when the wave is upon you, you jump up on it and the wave then pushes you for the ride. In business, we have to identify the next imminent wave, the next opportunity that's shifting through a market. They're actually very easy to spot when you focus on a niche. And as you see the movement in the market, offer something in front of them, paddle, and as the market starts growing, jump up and you ride it all the way to the bank. Um, so catching momentum of markets is what Surge is about. Then uh, Profit First, which we've talked about extensively now, and then my newest book that comes out August 21st, so just days away from when this goes live, um, is uh, about designing a business to run itself. I believe there's, there's something significant we compromise when we become entrepreneurs, and it's time. And when we compromise time, that means we lose time with family, we lose time with ourselves, we lose time to experience life itself, and we just work, work, work. I believe that that's a trap. We need to find a way to design our business so it can operate without us. And it has, then gives us the freedom to do what we want in life, but also inside the business. We started the business so we could do what gives us joy. Well, this book teaches you how to become free of that entrapment in your business and do what you want in your life and in your work. We start a business because it gives us joy. That is beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. Oh my. Okay. Wow. Well, I know that I, don't know I, I have. I have a question I want to ask, Mike. So I'm sure you get asked the question of what's your best piece of business advice all the time. But I heard one recently that I thought was actually so much better and so much more telling. What is the worst piece of business advice you've ever heard? Oh, love that one. <laughs> right. Love that one. So the worst advice I heard often comes from experts. Now, here's the irony. I'm seen as an expert in many cases now. So <laughs> that's the irony. I'm actually pointing right at myself. The worst advice often comes from experts when they give a suggestion on how to serve a market. If that expert is not the market themselves, here's what I mean. If you're selling jewelry to uh, young moms, for example, and you ask me, so Mike, what should I do to sell young moms? I will give you my own biased advice but I'm not a young mom. I'm not the end consumer. Right. What really matters is the end consumer's behavior. No one can give us better business lessons than the consumer themselves. So the worst advice often comes from experts who are trying to give their best advice. Yeah. They're, they're being sincere. But no one is more truthful on this planet than the wallet of a customer. So pay attention to their wallets. Listen to that closer than you listen to any expert, including myself. That was genius. I, love I that. know, Mike. Um, I hope you will come back because oh, there is 
there's just so much here that we could delve in so deep. Um, our book, our, our show is about sales, but the bottom line is that everybody who's in sales is in business. And um, if our focus is the one thing you've said over and over and over, and it's just really touches me greatly, especially because you are considered an expert and I know you are very busy and I love watching your videos and I really feel a special connection to you through your videos and stuff. Thank you. Um, but I did. Wow. What was that flattery? You did. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. There we go. Uh, the, um, um, your servant. Now I remember we got the laugh. The laugh killed it. And that laughed at it. That's what's it was. Um, that, that you consider yourself a servant and thank you so much for serving our audience, our listeners. You. And for putting yourself out there, it's tough. It's yeah, tough. it's tough, but I think it's necessary. I, I was afraid to do it, but realize now my story, by sharing my story, I'm not seeking people's sympathy or empathy, but I realize they start seeing their story too. And once we start embracing who we naturally are, I think we have an opportunity to grow. I also believe we are all servants and you can define that in any sense you want, but I believe that's our intention. And, um, I think it's available in any business. I don't, I don't care what industry you're in. We have the opportunity to serve and improve the community around us, our family, our friends, the world. Um, so that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And I, I hope everyone watching this is trying to do that too. Well, and I think that that is our responsibility as business yeah. people, as salespeople, as, as yeah. the maker, the movers, shakers, and changers out there. So. I agree a hundred percent. This was really awesome, Mike. Thank you so this much. Was fun. For Thank you to both us. of you for having me on. Absolutely. That was great information. And um, I have a special announcement for people at the end. So don't let me forget to make that special announcement for people, especially if you're living in Texas and the Austin, San Antonio, maybe Houston, Del Rio area. I've got a very special announcement. But getting back to Black Belt Selling and Mike McCallowitz and everything he talked about. Stephanie, how do we relate this to sales? This is a sales podcast. This is right. about how do we get better at sales? What does all of this have to do with getting better at sales? Well, so one of the big keys to keep in mind is that, and I'll actually start this with a quick story, right? When I got started in sales, my, my first manager came to me at one point in time. He said, you know, Stephanie, make sure that you, your bills are higher each month than your base. Make sure you're spending more money each month than your bases. Um, and I was like, why would I do that? And cause to me, I was like, that sounds really stupid, right? Like, why would I set myself up to be in trouble? And he goes, cause it'll keep you hungry. And you know, we've all heard this, right? You gotta be hungry, less Brown. And there's nothing wrong with that. But my point and my realization listening to my talk was when, when you are in sales and you're hungry, you're desperate, we scare people off. Mm -hmm. We frighten away potential clients when they see us coming at them with that hungry look in their eyes because they <laughs> think they're going to get taken advantage of. And so when you can apply, whether you're in business, whether you're a sales rep working for someone else, taking these concepts we talked about of streamlining your business, uh, improving the business, not just your business, but maybe the business you work for too, and budgeting, setting aside profits, setting aside money. You know, as I'm, as I'm finishing his book, his first book, Profit First, um, and of course getting clockwork as it is coming out this week. Um, but 
<laughs> um, so as I'm finishing profit first, I'm realizing like he talks about how to apply it in your personal life. And when you have your finances and stuff in order, the thing is, instead of chasing people, people start coming to you. And that I think was one of my big takeaways from working with Mike was, Hey, when your money, when money's in order, when profits in order, people start coming to you. And I've seen that in my own life. And so I think that is how this becomes relatable to sales is, are you comfortable? Are you, are you in a good place? Are you taking your profit first so that you can afford to take care of your customers, take care of your clients? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, he talks about, we talked about Parkinson's law and Parkinson's law is mm -hmm. that whatever's there, you're going to spend. And that works across the board. And the right. problem we tend to do is, especially for in sales is we'll go ahead and we'll expend resources we don't have based on a prayer and a dream. Right. Right. You know? And so that, that creates a lot of, um, what that does is, it creates a lot of dissonance in our lives and the dissonance that Mike had is what drove him to create this system. And so I, I just think that people really need to listen to this podcast again, especially because as he said, 90 over 80% of all businesses don't turn profit. Small businesses yeah. don't turn profit. And we're in business to make money that can sound a little dirty, but it's the truth and it's not dirty because if we're not making money, we can't serve our clients to the absolute best ability we can. If we're not secure, if we're, if, if, if we're always going paycheck to paycheck or, or check to check and we're paying right. past bills in order to service or using current bills in order to service that leads to a, a big whirlwind of trouble and it really well, creates problems for you. And I want to chat, if you're sitting here having a hard time with believing that you're in business to make a profit and make money, which a lot of entrepreneurs do, partially because they're so not used to it and partially because there's this massive misconception that money is bad or, or people who are wealthy mm -hmm. are bad. So if you're struggling with that, what I would encourage you to do is reach out to us. I want to have a whole conversation with you about how, look, I'll sum it up real quick. We're not all Ford. We can't all go to the government for a bailout. You, can't. you have to take care of your own business. And if you're not profitable, right? So we could run business right at level, right? If I just, if I just, if I ran, let's say I'm running a bread bakery, right? And I sell the loaf for exactly what it costs me to make it. The moment that machine breaks down, I will not have any money to fix the machine and stay in business. I'm shutting the doors and I'm done. I'm just straight done. So you have to start setting aside that profit and that money for yourself. So if you're struggling with this, reach out to us because this is, this is a big one. No one gets into business for the stress of not having enough money to pay yourself. <laughs> absolutely. So. Absolutely. No, no. So Stephanie, why don't you tell people about the awesome opportunity that's coming to Texas in January of 2019? Right. So one of the things that this podcast turned into was actually turning Mike into one of our headliner speakers for the Grow Retreat 2019. So if you're in San Antonio or Austin or Dallas or Houston or Del Rio, or really if you're in, you know, the U.S. somewhere, <laughs> primarily in Texas, um, Mike's going to be joining us. He's going to be doing a whole keynote on creating business, or not a keynote, but he's going to be doing a two-hour workshop on creating business efficiency for you and your business. So this entire retreat is, the theme is Eukarya. 
It's about finding the fitting opportunity, that time, that thing in your business that it's time to take advantage of and run with. And he's going to be here helping us figure that one out. So if you're interested, get with Anna and I. We would love to give you information. It's going to be freaking amazing, guys. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. And so uh, Mike is excited about coming and being with us. And we want to invite you to check us out. So we don't want to take away from Mike. This is Mike's show. We do want you to go and take a look for Clockwork. It comes out on the 21st, which is just a few days from now. The 21st of August, you can go up on Amazon. Clockwork is about how to design your business to run by itself. And so you want to get a hold of that book, but you also want to get a hold of all of his other books. And if you're curious about Mike, then you want to go to Let's see, www.mikemichalowitz. You're going to have to check the... Um, or, or he did this really cool thing. What? Go to www.mikemotorbike.com and it takes you oh. to his website. So you don't have to learn how to spell his name. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. So mikemotorbike.com and that will take you. Yeah, you don't want to try to spell his last name. It's pretty tough. <laughs> But I do encourage you, get the books. They're, they're phenomenal. They will change your life from one entrepreneur to another. And Stephanie, go ahead and close us out. I do want to encourage you guys, if you are out there, wherever you're at in your business, in your sales, in your career, wherever you're at, wherever you're growing to, you got this. Life is great. Keep your head up. Because the amazing thing about being us, about being entrepreneurs, is there's always something awesome right around the corner. So go out there, make it an awesome week.